0: Good morning. It's a joy to be with you here this morning. We've been looking forward to it for a long time. And today, God gives you the grace to be here. We thank the Lord for it. Um, when Owen was singing that song and solo during the offering, I kind of closed my eyes and uh, thought back to, I don't know, Ireland or Scotland or something like that. Uh, with his great voice, you know, really projecting the music and its time. And... um And it was exciting because the light of the gospel has come to us. All these generations over the years, the light of the gospel has come to us. And um, today, I was going to talk, and I am going to talk a little bit about God's little lightning bugs. I don't know. uh, I call them lightning bugs, but they're really fireflies, and really they're not a firefly at all. They're a beetle. (laughs) But... (laughs) You know, not one of the beetles, but a beetle. OK, and um, they light up. And, and some people have said it's like the stars coming down to earth and stuff. And it's so beautiful to see. And I was reminded of that as I was in Wisconsin not too long ago. One of our churches. And I was on the country one evening on a Saturday evening. And there were lightning bugs all over or fireflies all over the place. And. um And I've always liked that, you know, I don't know if you did this when you were a kid, but when we were kids, we would like to get them and put them in jars, fill up a jar with them, and it was a lot of fun and stuff. And I think about them, the Holy Spirit that put in them that fire, that little chemical reaction that causes them to light up, is the same Holy Spirit that puts in us the fire to send the gospel all over the world. Because he says, um, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we will be his witnesses to Samaria, to Judea, or to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And God has called us, he said in our, our text there, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a closed vessel but on a candlestick, that it may light up all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When I think about that, uh, I think about the ministry in Brazil over these many years. um, Let's see if I go in the right direction here. If this works, does it work? Okay, it's not working. So, There. Now, does this work? This works. Well, it doesn't work on that. We are in the southern part. This is a map of Brazil. We are in the southern part of Brazil. 1965, the mission officially started there in Brazil. can turn... uh, (laughs) I've got... See, it's magic. Anyway, um, we have 19 churches in uh, four states. And... um, the, uh, we have one Bible school and seminary. We have um, two Bible camps that we run and uh, Miriam Inf- the Miriam Infant Home, which is uh, somewhat like an orphanage. Um, there are four pillars upon which our ministry is established in Brazil. And uh, the first pillar there is um, evangelism. Evangelism is extremely important. Um, then it's uh, church planting, schools. The Schools involve seminary, Bible schools, elementary schools, and other types of schools, and then Bible camps. And Bible camps, in a way, is a form of evangelism and discipleship. It, uh, it allows uh, the young people of our church to be discipled and new young people that we are reaching out to to come to know Jesus Christ. Um, the first one, evangelism, in Brazil we... Um, uh, Wait, the verse says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In Mark, I can't see the the monitor very well, but um, could you switch to the next slide? Um, How we do evangelism most of the time is outside of the church. Okay? So, um, doing evangelism outside of the church... We use tents or other things and stuff. Um, there are many types of evangelism. In my church, we like to consider five, five forms of evangelism. But Dad, as an old evangel- tent evangelist, he always liked to do it outside the church. So we usually have tent crusades. And um, in the afternoons in those crusades, we have kids programs, draw the kids. And then in the evening, we have programs for the adults and so forth. And this causes the people to, to come and gather around. And from the nucleus of the people that come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we then start um, developing churches. And through this method, many, many churches were planted in Brazil. Unfortunately, we could not keep up all of the ones that were planted, but uh, we praise the Lord for the ones that have been able to continue growing. And uh, so then, of course, when you lead people to Christ, you have to have a place for them to meet. This naturally develops into a church and stuff. And so we plant churches. Um, One church that I planted, I had the crusade on the park. And the next week after the crusade, I rented a little hall across the street and there started getting those Christians, those people that had come to know Christ in the crusade and developing that, and quickly God developed a really great church. So he says there in his word, um, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, um, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things. Let's see who it is okay the part of baptism that many people don't understand that's that's the work of the church that's the part of the ministry of the church to be able to um bring the kids to lord and baptism to bring adults to the lord and baptism and stuff and do all these things that god has commanded his church to do so that's a, a fundamental part and uh we see great ministries. I, I like parachurch ministries, but I feel that the parachurch ministry is not God's special ministry. It's part of God's special ministry. But the ministry is really of the church. And so we as a church have thought this as we go around the world to establish churches for Jesus Christ. Um, Continue there. Uh, I planted, through God's grace, I was able to plant three churches in Brazil. This is the first one in Vitória. And um, you can see the next slide, the church inside. God has blessed this work tremendously. And this last month, they started planting a church, another church. There was a mother church that planted this church, and now this church is planting another church. And so we're very excited to see that process there. The next church is the one in Campo Grande. This is the one where I started the crusade and then after rented the hall and eventually we built this church. And uh, this one was amazing to me because um, in six years God established all this work. And uh, we had a wonderful ministry. It was, was a lot of challenges, but God was gracious. And so we saw that church develop. The next one, the third church now is the church of Maninga. You can there, and this church here, this was a little more challenging, a more challenging city to work in and stuff. For this one, we met in homes for ten years. We did crusades and we did other things. But, you know, things didn't come together very well. And so we continued to meet in homes and save money to buy property. Property is very expensive in this city. But eventually we got property. And then shortly thereafter, we were able to build the church. And we're very excited for this church and seeing it grow every day. Um, You can see there uh, inside the church a little bit. We haven't finished all the things in the church Next, uh, there's a last confirmation class that we had there at church. And now, um, just before we came to the States about uh, a month and a half ago, we took in 10 new members. And so um, we're very excited about this, and we hope that by the end of the year, we can take in another group like this. Um, also, the church has uh, many, many ministries. And one ministry that God has given us, kind of by surprise, is to minister to families who have um, physical problems. Here, this lady um, and her husband, they moved to our city. Um, just uh, about eight months ago. And the day they moved into the city, she got sick. She went to the hospital and found out she had leukemia. And so um, she's been in treatment. Most of the time she's been in our city. They've been in, She's been in the hospital. And it's been a challenge for her husband because he, he hasn't been able to work to be able to take care of their two little ones. And so, uh, you know, this has been very challenging. So our church has stepped in and helped them. A lot and, uh, and it 's been a good thing for the church. The next one is Thomas. Thomas is a young man who also has discovered he had leukemia when I was visiting in the hospital. Um, this lady I found out about Thomas that uh, his belongs to one of our churches in Camp and um, and so I started ministering to him. Now we almost lost him. About three weeks ago, uh, he, he had a, a real strong attack. His immune system dropped real low and we almost lost him. But he came back and then, uh, next slide please. Then um, while he was in this stra he, um, he went to one of our churches in Curitiba where he is now going for hospital treatments. And uh, there the pastor gave an altar call. He went forward and uh, rededicated his life to the Lord. He had kind of drifted away from the Lord. So he rededicated his life to the Lord. And now this week, today, he's in coma again in a real bad situation in the hospital. So this happened last Sunday. And this Sunday, he is in the hospital. You can remember Thomas as you pray, um, that he really needs um, God's help now in this very difficult time in his life. And so I pray the Lord for for him. And if God brings him through, I believe God is going to use him in a mighty way. Um, these are the women of the association in Brazil. They get together once a year to um, fellowship together and have uh, special meetings and and each year we're seeing this group grow and grow. This last year we had 160 women there from all our churches. And um, we're seeing this growing every year. Next. Then there's the schools. Um, one of the pillars is the schools because with evangelism and then the church, you need the schools to train your leaders to manage and to Um, lead these churches and so dad always found it very important that we have our own seminary that we not send our men to other seminaries, but that have, have our own seminary. So we established a seminary right early on in the ministry of the mission in Brazil. And today we see about 20 students per year in the seminary and Bible school program. Some years more. We've had up to 35, 40 students. Some years less. But the average is about 20, 25 students per year. And um, the Bible says, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. You know, teaching them to observe. We need to teach the people that we reach for Christ. And this uh, involves men for ministry and women for ministry. There's so many things that women can do. But also our young people giving them I like the idea that we have in the States of one or two years of Bible school. I send my kids to Bible school. I think it's uh, fundamental. Um, When I was in college, I... um, there were a lot of our former Bible school students in the campus ministries. I was involved in campus ministries on the secular campus. And who was an in intervarsity in Campus Crusade were our graduates. And one, one, um, one person, he wasn't one of our graduates, but he was their ministry in campus. I was listening to him yesterday at one of our churches, the men's breakfast. He was, went to be a missionary in China. So you never know where God's going to lead the people. But as I go and visit our churches and see these people that have gone to Bible school leading our churches here in the United States, the same is true in Brazil. You know, um, our pastors and, and their wives, you know, most of them have gone to Bible school and seminary. And it's been great. For the ministry so we want to teach them to observe all things and here's our campus in brazil the campus has a, houses the bible school the seminary and also the miriam infant home next please this is our staff our leading staff and one of them there is the missionary johnny sliver who works with the mission Mich- with the Inf- miriam infant home um, the man in the front with the blue shirt is our financial director. He keeps us all on track financially. And the one in the back is our evangelist and the director, academic director of the seminary and Bible school. And these are very gifted men and very dedicated men to their work. I seriously love the Lord and I uh, work hard to serve him. Next. Uh, here I am uh, teaching in one of the classes, the first year class. And we praise the Lord for all the students that have gone through this institution over the years. Many, many students. We not only train students for our church, but we train students for many, many, or train people for many, many other churches. And now we're seeing a new phenomenon happen in our seminary where there are a lot of churches in Brazil where the pastors have no seminary at all. Okay, They have never gone to seminary. We would call them lay pastors. But as they're leading churches, they realize they need to study, and so they're coming to our church to learn, or to our seminary to learn. And this is very exciting. This has been good for us in the in the community for other churches to know us and know how how we work. And and also it's been good for them because they say their ministry has been enhanced by the training that they've gotten at our seminary. Next, please. Um, Then, uh, of course, the seminary, we have a lot of practical things for the Bible school students. And uh, one of them is, of course, to work with our social ministries. Here they have a kids club with the Miriam Infant Home. For a long time, we ran um, a home for teens, troubled teens. And it wasn't really a home. It was a a, uh a school kind of for troubled teens. Teens that were getting into trouble that the city would um, make them go or the judge would make them go to this place. And that was a great ministry. And our Bible school students did a lot of work in that ministry. And so um, they do a lot of these things that we need to do around the city to learn practical things for their Christian ministries. Next. Uh, Here is Johnny Sliver. We call her the Queen of Hugs. And if you know her, you know that's what she is. Okay, next one. And then there are staff that leads the, the um, orphanage. They, um, we have a lot of paperwork, a lot of government stuff, and so we need a very good staff. And these are the ones that keep it all organized and running smoothly. Um, this is a cute little story or a wonderful story of the Lord. You see these cute, beautiful children here. Um, they were abandoned. They were abandoned by their mother. Their mother didn't want them, so they don't know who their father is. But their mother didn't want them. She gave them to their aunt. Their aunt didn't want them, so she gave them to social services. I always keep thinking, what kind of parent gives your children over to social services? But anyway, these kids ended up in social services and ended up for adoption, even though they have a mother and an aunt and stuff. And uh, they were with us for about three years. And um, the judge that works uh, now, the judge that works in this situation, he's a born-again believer, spends every weekend at our home there on the campus. And um, so he was looking for a couple. And he found a couple for this. It's hard to find a couple that will adopt older children, but he found a couple to adopt older children. And so um, he told... Suvio, who is our director there, to take these kids to the ice cream parlor that this other family was going to come and they were going to meet the kids, but the kids were not to know that this family was interested in them in case things didn't work out. So Suvio took the kids to the ice cream parlor and then uh, this couple came in and they sat down and started having ice cream with the kids. And the man asked the kid, the boy, what is your favorite thing to do? The boy says, my favorite thing to do is to go to church. And he thought, oh, wow, that's pretty interesting. Because these kids had never gone to church before they came to the the Miriam infant home. But then his wife asked the girl, what's your favorite thing to do? She says, I like to sing Christian choruses. I like to sing the songs at church. That's what I, I like to do. I sing them all the time. And the couple was really amazed at that. Now, the greatest thing about it was that this couple they were the worship and praise leaders of their church. Very involved in their church. And to find two little kids that liked the same things that they liked, they thought it was pretty amazing. But there's something more amazing. If you turn it, see there... That's the couple that adopted them. Now she looks like the mother and he looks like the father. (laughs) Isn't that the coolest thing that God did? You know, bringing these four together. And they've been together now for a while and they're just doing great, you know. So we just praise the Lord for this. And this is what the light of Jesus does in the lives of people. Next. Um, And then there's the Bible camps. We have found that the Bible camp ministry has been a very effective tool for reaching young people for Christ, for discipling young people for Christ, for teaching them the ways of, of walking with the Lord. Our camps are very dynamic and a lot of fun. And um, it's been amazing. Almost all our pastors came to know Jesus Christ through the camp ministry. Um, most of our pastors' wives came to know the Christ through our camp ministry. And um, most of them learned their leadership skills in the camp ministry by becoming counselors and then later teaching some courses and everything and so on, working. And uh, we have a lot of people that went through our camp that are not in full time ministry but want to come back to camp even as they start having children. They want to start, you know, coming back to camp every year. And not only that, but we rent our camp to a lot of groups and it's been amazing to me that I found out that a lot of the, the pastors that rent our camp came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior as our, at our camp when they were teenagers. And uh, they fell in love with the camp. And so when they became pastors in other denominations, they said, we want to rent the camp so we can have a camp ministry as well. And so we found it a, bit, a very good tool for not only uh, evangelism, but also for discipleship. And God has blessed us with that. This was our last year's camp um, in in January, no, February, um, 2019 we had over 300 campers and each year we're seeing it grow more and more and uh, our chapel is really too small we're thinking of ways of expanding it and uh, we're expanding our cafeteria now because that also is too small and uh, here's a group from my church that went mine is the youngest church of all the churches around there. And to see the the groups that are coming out to camp, we had more than that at the winter camp. And so that was a really a nice thing. And camp is a lot of fun, a lot of activities here. We put a tarp on a hill and slide down with water. It's a lot of fun. Um, there's just many things. And the camp is a farm. This camp is a farm. We have another camp that's in the city. And uh, it's a little different flavor, but um, this camp is a farm, so there's a lot of farm activities, a lot of farm animals. It's very fun, and it's great because a lot of people come from the city. They don't know the farm. And so Brazilians seeing the farm its pretty cool <laughs> and stuff. And so that's been a great thing. So God has blessed us in this ministry. Now, as it grows, families, are, like I said, are coming back. And since housing isn't enough, they're starting to bring their tent and tent out with their whole family, the little kids and stuff. We had to have a special program that Becky and another pastor's wife did this this year because... It's really supposed to be a teen camp, but we had so many kids, we had to create a kids camp along with the teen camp to, to minister to all these children. So they did that. And, and that's been a blessing, and we're going to see that part of the camp um, increasing as well. So, um, the Bible says there in First Thessalonians 5, 24 and 25, He who calls you is faithful who will also do it. That's a great promise for me. That He who calls us is faithful. I don't feel like I have a lot of talents or a lot of abilities. You know, I'm not the greatest in, in, you know, this kind of thing. But God has done great things because He promises to go with me and to do it and to develop the work. And uh, Paul continues there, Brethren, pray for us. And we need your prayers and we thank you for your prayers and we thank you for your support. Now, see how my time is doing. Uh, Okay, I got to wrap it up. But I often think we're supposed to be the light of the world. Okay, how can we be the light of the world? Well, um, the first thing that we need to do, and this is real quick, we need to draw to the light. Jesus is the light. He has said He is the light of the world. And if we want to be the light of the world, we need to get, you know, close to Jesus. I always think of those little things that we used to get in vacation Bible school, those little crosses that you put up to the light, and they shine, and then you take them to your room, you know, at night, and they glow. Well, that's what we are to do. We're supposed to glow Jesus. We need to draw close to the world. Then we need to walk in it, too. You know, um, I just got was given from my son-in-law, a bunch of power tools and the power tools to work have to be every once in a while put in the battery charger, you know, and stuff. And I always carry the battery charger with me wherever I go, because without the battery charger, the power tools that run on batteries are no good and stuff. And so we've got to be walking with Jesus to be the light of the world. And then, of course, like that little thing, we need to reflect. We need to reflect his life and his goodness, everything that he wants. We are his children. And in Brazil they say, um, offspring of a fish are little fish. (laughs) Okay, and we're the little fish. But we have to demonstrate that we really belong to Jesus. And we do that as we commune with him. So, let your light so shine before men. That they may see your good works and glorify who? Not glorify you, but glorify your Father, which is in heaven. How do you live a way that glorifies your Father, which lives in heaven? That's the question I always ask myself. How do I live a way that glorifies my Father, which is in heaven? And when we think about that, and when we follow that, we do it, you know, God works great wonders through us that we cannot even imagine and stuff and when we notice that those things are done not because of our abilities but because of what god is doing then he gets all the glory and that's what we want to do give him all the glory in jesus name amen let us pray dear heaven father almighty god we just praise you for who you are for having died on the cross to save us from our sins for having sent Your Holy Spirit to dwell in us, Lord, and to light us up for You and, and uh, to help us to shine in such a dark and hurting world. Lord, we just pray that You would bless us as we live for You, that we might bring glory to Your name. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.